Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode contains distressing things, explicit language and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. approximately 20 miles of what are known as peace walls which run through Northern Ireland, with the majority located in Belfast. A legacy of the Troubles, the barriers made from brick or metal, were created to separate the Unionist and Loyalists from Nationalist and Republican areas. A small number of the barriers have since been removed, including an eight-foot section on Crumlin Road in the district of Ardoyne in North Belfast. Throughout the Troubles, a sectarian conflict that lasted around 30 years until the late 90s, Ardoyne was plagued by a number of violent incidents. Some of these included the 1971 shooting of a British soldier by an Irish Republican Army sniper, the 1973 shooting of an IRA volunteer by a British Army sniper, the 1977 bombing of an IRA volunteer funeral by the Ulster Volunteer Force, and the 1989 gun-and-grenade attack on the home of a Sinn Féin councillor. Throughout the course of the Troubles, 99 people lost their lives in the square mile of Ardoyne. As author Brian McKee explained, no other community would compare in that within such a small area. So many other people were killed in Ardoin, 
British soldiers, RUC officers. People were killed as a result of actions carried out from Ardoin. It both endured suffering and also inflicted suffering. Despite its bloody history, Ardoin is considered a close-knit community with many poignant murals relating to politics and culture which the city of Belfast is known for. In the years following the Troubles, Ardoin experienced peace and reconciliation, which included the demolition of a peace wall. But still, it continues to remain a contentious area. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 22 of They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. It was quiet in Ardoin on Saturday, March 15th, 2014. However, during the early morning hours... A woman living on Ardoin Place was awoken by the sound of shouting. It was coming from somewhere in the neighbourhood, but at first she couldn't make out the exact location. The loud voices sounded like several men who were upset. It was difficult to decipher what they were yelling about. She lay in bed. The Ardoin resident then heard a rhythmic thumping sound. She got up out of bed and glanced out of the window. Illuminated by the streetlights, a man could be seen kicking the front door of a property adjacent to hers. She watched for several moments as the man walked around to the back of the home then returned to the front of the property. The witness contemplated calling the police, but ultimately decided against it. Soon after, at around 3am that night, a 999 call came into the PSNI. What's your name and address? Oh my god, he's dead. What's your name? What's your name? Bruce McGuire. Check his phone. Check him. What's your name? Where are you? He's in a pile of blood. What's and your name? Lewis McGuire, I'm only home. Was it, who, who's lying there injured? Oh my God. The caller informed the operator that he had been away from his home on Ardoin Place and returned to find his friend unresponsive inside the property. The friend was surrounded by a puddle of his own blood. The operator was told that the victim had been staying at the home for the past couple of days. The caller could be heard asking somebody in the background to check whether his friend was breathing. Police descended on Ardoin Place, arriving in a matter of minutes. As they pulled up outside... They were met by two men, 26-year-old Lewis Maguire, the caller, and 33-year-old Christopher Power. Maguire was hysterical, screaming and shouting that his friend was dead. 
Power was simply pacing back and forth. Maguire was slurring his words as he directed officers toward the scene. Upon entering the living room, the police were met with what only could be described as a bloodbath. There was blood spatter across the wall, ceiling and floor. Officers' eyes were then transfixed on a man's lifeless, bloodied body. He was in a kneeling position, with his head resting on the sofa. There were clear signs of significant trauma. The victim was identified as 35-year-old Eamon Ferguson. Both Maguire and Power were heavily intoxicated. Two police officers stood outside with them as others examined the scene. Several times Maguire needed to be held back as he attempted to re-enter his home, which was now an active crime scene. Maguire said to the officers that he wanted to give his friend Eamon a hug. The two men were not detained at this stage and were allowed to leave the area. They stumbled to the home of a friend who lived nearby, although they were not allowed in. Maguire and Power then slowly made their way to relatives of Maguire's, who welcomed the two intoxicated men into his home. Maguire said, There's a dead body in my house, before revealing his blood-stained hands. Eamon Ferguson was born and raised in North Belfast. His mother Pat described him as a loving son, brother and uncle. Eamon enjoyed reading and making people laugh. For a time he had worked as a painter and decorator, but the keen and talented guitarist spent most afternoons busking in the city centre, where he became a familiar face. Eamon had built up several meaningful relationships with the locals. While busking, he had met Lewis Maguire, who was seen as a city drinker, known locally as Luger. Almost daily, Maguire would hang around in the city and spend the afternoon drinking in one of the many parks. His upbringing was chaotic, resulting in a turbulent lifestyle as he developed into an adult. Back in 2003, his father was arrested for the murder of his wife's former lover David Barnes and was sentenced to 24 years in prison. Maguire, who was just 16 years old at the time, had also been implicated in the murder, but these charges were subsequently withdrawn. By 2014, Lewis Maguire had 64 convictions which included violent offences. Another man on the busking scene was Christopher Power. Power was a traveller originally from County Offaly. In 2013, he eventually settled down in Belfast, as Power felt the busking laws were far more lenient in the area. Eamon Ferguson and Christopher Power became good friends, bonding over their shared love of music. 
Eamon was impressed by Power's skills on the guitar, and Power began teaching him how to play. As Power later explained, Eamon, quote, showed me the sights and sounds of Belfast. I was very good friends with Eamon. By 2014, Christopher Power was living in a city centre hostel, but after losing his home, Lewis Maguire offered him a place to stay at his home on Ardoin Place. At Lewis Maguire's home, it was apparent that nothing could be done to save Eamon Ferguson, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. As the property was being cordoned off with tape, Maguire and Power reappeared. They had staggered back after seeing one of Maguire's relatives. Inside the house, the police were in the midst of searching for the murder weapon. Hidden behind the sofa, they came across a claw hammer caked in blood. Maguire and Power were both arrested on suspicion of murder as they stood outside unsteady on their feet. When being informed of their rights, Maguire shouted to the police officers, Wait a fuck. As the handcuffs were slapped on their wrists, Maguire became frantic. He screamed that he was not involved with Eamon Ferguson's murder, while Power remained silent. However, en route to the station, Power randomly stated, I am not political and I let them do what they do. Eamon Ferguson's body was transported to the pathologist's office at Belfast City Hospital. The post-mortem was performed by Professor Jack Crane. Crane determined that Eamon Ferguson had been beaten to death with the claw hammer found inside the home. The weapon had been wielded with such ferocity that the skull had been fractured in several places and the brain was bruised. The victim had been struck up to 20 times on the head, which caved in as a consequence. Also, injuries sustained to the face were consistent with being hit with a hammer. There was additional bruising to the left hand, which appeared to be defensive in nature. It was clear Raymond Ferguson had desperately tried to defend himself against the blows, but to no avail. The pathologist determined that the victim would have died within several minutes. The murder stunned the community of North Belfast, with one Ardoin local saying, Everyone's just shocked that this happened on our doorsteps. To wake up to this news on a Saturday morning is awful. His poor family. A member of the Legislative Assembly for North Belfast said, This death is deeply shocking for local people and the community's thoughts are with the family of the deceased person. Ardoin is a tight-knit community, and the news of this death has come as a shock to everyone. I would appeal to anyone with any information to bring it forward as soon as possible. 
following the arrests. Both Lewis Maguire and Christopher Powell were separated and interrogated. Maguire told the police that on Friday, March 14th, Power and Eamon Ferguson were busking in Belfast city centre like they had done most days. At around 8.30pm, Maguire said that he joined the two men. They drank in the city for a couple of hours before getting a taxi to Maguire's home on Ardoyne Place. There they continued drinking. Maguire claimed that Eamon Ferguson began to drift off to sleep in the early morning hours, so Maguire said that he grabbed pillows and blankets from upstairs to make his friend more comfortable. As Eamon slept, Maguire said that he and Christopher Power left the home in pursuit of cigarettes. When they returned, Maguire claimed the two men couldn't gain access to the property. For some reason, the front door key was not working. Maguire said that he attempted to kick in his front door before trying to access the back of the home. When they finally entered the property, they found Eamon Ferguson lying dead in a pool of his own blood in the living room. Maguire described the scene like something from the film Scream and stated there was blood everywhere. He said to the police, I was on the phone and looking at him. I didn't want to be sick over the crime scene and I was on the phone to the police and ambulance. During the interrogation, Maguire suggested that somebody must have come to his home to attack him but assaulted Eamon Ferguson, quote, by mistake. When Christopher Power was interrogated, he told the police that he suffered from alcohol-related blackouts and could not remember what happened between leaving the city centre and being outside Maguire's home with the police. On March 18, 2014, Lewis Maguire and Christopher Power shuffled into the city's magistrate's court to be charged with the murder of Eamon Ferguson. The public gallery was packed with Eamon's loved ones. As the proceedings began, Maguire smiled in the direction of Eamon's friends and family, resulting in an angry outburst. The judge ordered silence before the hearing could continue. After being formally charged with the murder, Maguire stood silent, but Power commented, I have nothing to do with this murder. Neither Maguire nor Power requested bail, with Maguire's solicitor Michael Madden stating his client did not want bail as he felt unable to return to the home where the killing had taken place. As the case progressed through the courts, the police released a photograph of a blue Berghouse jacket. They announced that the clothing belonged to Lewis Maguire, but was missing. Surveillance footage from the hours before the murder showed Maguire wearing a distinct jacket, 
but footage from after the murder showed Maguire wearing a different item of clothing. Police speculated that the jacket had been spattered with blood and that Maguire had disposed of it afterwards. When releasing the photograph of the jacket, Detective Chief Inspector Justin Galloway said, I'm asking today for the community's help again. We are issuing a photo of a blue Berghaus-type jacket which is of interest to us. We believe it has been dumped in the Ardoyne or Old Park areas last Friday night or early Saturday. If anyone comes across this jacket, I would ask them to contact police. With the two men behind bars, detectives tried to establish a motive behind the murder. They conducted routine interviews with those who knew the three men. Keith Byrne was an acquaintance and told the police that around February 28th, he bumped into Lewis Maguire in the city. Byrne immediately noticed that Maguire had facial injuries. Byrne queried what happened, and Maguire told him that he and Eamon Ferguson got into an argument, and Eamon punched him in the face. Maguire then produced a screwdriver from his pocket and said, When I get Eamon Ferguson, I'm going to fucking kill him. Byrne remarked to the police, They were the words. It was over a beating. That's what he said. It was over the hiding he was given. After Maguire made the threat, Keith Byrne said he sniggered. He did not take the threat seriously because Maguire was around 5 feet 5 inches tall while Eamon was around 6 foot 1. While he didn't say it to Maguire's face, Byrne thought that, quote, Eamon would squash Maguire like a can of coke. Police were now working on the theory that Maguire had killed Eamon Ferguson in an act of revenge and then Christopher Power covered for him. While Maguire and Power had provided a similar description of the events from that night, the surveillance footage did not corroborate their accounts. CCTV footage from inside a shop recorded after the murder only pictured Maguire. Power was not captured by any cameras. When presented with this evidence, Christopher Power broke down and provided a new statement. He said that after going back to Maguire's home that night, he had gone upstairs to sleep. He awoke in the early morning hours and walked downstairs to get a drink. He said he entered the living room to find Eamon Ferguson dead and Maguire holding a blood-stained hammer. Power said that his head was going 120 miles per hour. He panicked and fled from the property. Since Power was not a local, he wasn't familiar with Ardoin, so eventually he returned to Maguire's. When asked why he had lied during his original statement, Power said that he was afraid of Maguire and that it was Maguire who had come up with the story in which they had both gone to the shop 
before returning home to find Eamon Ferguson dead. In July, Lewis Maguire attempted to get bail. Police opposed the application, objecting on the grounds that they feared if released, Maguire would commit further offences and there was a high likelihood that he would influence any witnesses. Police were still conducting interviews with those who knew the three men, many of whom were known as street drinkers. Police also said that when Maguire was arrested and interrogated, he was extremely abusive. Ultimately, bail was denied on the likelihood that he would re-offend. As the announcement was made, Maguire shouted, What about the rights of innocence? The following month, Maguire and Power were both ordered to stand trial together for Eamon Ferguson's murder. During the brief court hearing, another angry outburst came from Maguire. He professed his innocence and then complained about the fact he had been held in custody for almost 18 months. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. By September 5th, 2016, the jury was seated in Belfast Crown Court and the trial was ready to begin. During opening statements, the prosecutor described the series of events leading up to Eamon Ferguson's murder and how Eamon, Lewis Maguire and Christopher Power had spent the previous day drinking in the city. The three men had returned to Maguire's home and continued consuming alcohol. Speaking about the defendants, prosecutor Kieran Murphy QC said, they were present when he was slaughtered in the front living room of Lewis Maguire's house. They were in it together. They concocted a story, they lied at the scene, and they lied in their police interviews. The prosecutor told the jury that blood had been found on both men's clothing. The evidence was consistent with cast-off stains which Kieran Murphy QC argued came from the exaggerated swings of a hammer after it repeatedly struck someone's head. Jurors heard how a neighbour had watched as Maguire kicked his front door before walking around the back and then returning to the front of the property in a hysterical state as he screamed that his friend was dead. The prosecutor said this was all part of the plot to deceive the police. As the proceedings unfolded, it quickly became apparent that Maguire and Power blamed one another for Eamon Ferguson's murder. When Maguire was arrested, he claimed that he and Power went out to purchase cigarettes, and when they returned they found Eamon Ferguson dead. However, Maguire was now offering a different version of events. He was shown a crime scene photograph depicting Eamon dead in the living room and was asked by his barrister Sam Stein QC, how did this happen to Mr Ferguson? Maguire calmly responded, Christopher Power killed him. Maguire now claimed that after a couple of hours drinking, Eamon and Power got into an argument about some missing money. Maguire contended that during the argument, he went to get another bottle of cider from the kitchen. As his back was turned, he said he, quote, became aware of a sudden movement to which I turned around to see what was going on and Mr. Powell was hitting Eamon Ferguson on the head with the hammer. Maguire testified that he saw Power strike Eamon two or three times, but he turned away because he couldn't watch what was happening. Maguire then told the jury that after they realised Eamon was dead, he noticed that his blue jacket was spattered with blood, and so were Power's jeans. He said that he and Power burned their clothing. Maguire then admitted he wiped the hammer to try and get rid of Power's fingerprints. After providing this updated account, Maguire was asked by his barrister why he had initially lied to the police, 
claiming that he came home to find Eamon dead. Maguire explained that he feared for his life, saying, I didn't know if I was going to be next or what was going on. He accepted that he had lied to the police and claimed his actions were the desperate actions of a desperate man. Maguire said, My head was all over the place in the police station. With my upbringing, I was also told not to tell the police anything. I sobered up and stayed quiet. It was a very unwise decision. It was very stupid of me. I should have cooperated with the police immediately in the aftermath of this incident. I am an idiot. This version of events was entirely rejected by Christopher Power when it was his turn to testify. From the witness stand, Power addressed Eamon Ferguson's family, who were in the public gallery. He said, I never hurt Eamon. I was good friends with him. I would have stopped it, I promise you. If I knew his life was in danger, I would have warned him. Power was overcome with emotion as he told the court how he used to teach Eamon songs on the guitar, before adding, The God's honest truth is there was never so much as a wrong word between me and Eamon. I had no problem with him. I liked him. He was a good friend of mine. The relationship between Eamon Ferguson and Christopher Power was corroborated by Keith Byrne, the same man to whom Maguire had muttered threats about Eamon in the weeks leading up to the murder. Byrne told the courtroom there was no friction between Eamon Ferguson and Christopher Power and described them as very close friends. Testimony then turned to the day of the murder. Power said that he had been drinking heavily in the city and could not recall the trio getting a taxi back to Maguire's home. He woke up in the upstairs bedroom in the early morning hours and came downstairs to get a drink of water. According to Power, he entered the living room and saw that Heyman, quote, just wasn't laying right. He said that he then noticed that Heyman was surrounded by blood and there was a hole in the back of his head. His attention turned to Maguire, who was sitting in a chair in the living room with a claw hammer in one hand and a cigarette in the other. During closing arguments, Prosecutor Kieran Murphy QC told the jury that they should have in their own minds a timeline of events from the night that Eamon Ferguson lost his life. Murphy drummed home the prosecution's theory that both Maguire and Powell were present when Eamon was killed, despite both of them protesting their innocence. Murphy explained that the evidence pointed toward Maguire being the one armed with the hammer, but said that Power was equally guilty, referring to him as part and parcel of everything. Murphy went on to say that Maguire and Power had become trapped by their own lies, 
and the only way out they had was to blame the other. Quote, These two men were a couple of caged animals who have turned on each other. That is the height of what they can do. These men were in this before, during and after. They lied to police at interview, and they have lied to you. They were in it together, members of the jury. During his counter-closing argument, Maguire's barrister Sam Stein QC claimed the prosecution, quote, can't say what happened to Eamon Ferguson in that living room and who did what. Stein explained that the prosecution had a theory, but argued their theory was nothing but guesswork. The jury was sent away to deliberate, and they returned with their verdicts three hours later. Jurors found Lewis Maguire guilty of Eamon Ferguson's murder. They acquitted Christopher Power of the murder, but found him guilty of assisting an offender. As the verdicts were announced, Maguire launched into a furious tirade. He turned to the jury and yelled, You got that wrong. Very fucking wrong. He then addressed Power and shouted, You may have fooled the jury, but you didn't fool me. I'll remember you. Maguire glanced toward Eamon Ferguson's family in the public gallery and cried, if I had killed him, yous wouldn't have found him. He then made one final outburst in which he declared, You stitch my dad, and you are stitching me. So where are we now? The sentencing phase followed the convictions. The judge described the murder of Eamon Ferguson as brutal and entirely unprovoked. Mr Justice Deeney turned his attention to Lewis Maguire and said that his actions in the early hours of March 15th, 2014 were appalling. The judge explained that matters were made worse by the fact that Eamon was a completely innocent man who may have been lured into a false sense of security. Despite the conviction, Maguire was still professing his innocence. His barrister Sam Stein QC said his client wanted to apologise, stating, he does reflect on the loss of Eamon Ferguson and his own feelings towards the family and their grief. Before the sentences were imposed, Eamon's mother, Pat, provided a statement to the court. Remembering her son, it read, He loved to laugh and to make people laugh. Now there is not a minute of the day when I don't think of him. His death has impacted on every part of our family's lives, lives which have been turned upside down never to be the same again. 
Lewis Maguire was handed a minimum sentence of 17 years. Only after this period could he apply for parole. As the sentence was imposed, Maguire stood silent. His behaviour was in stark contrast to his outbursts throughout the murder trial. He was handcuffed and led from the dock to begin serving a sentence for murder, much like his father. The courtroom fell silent as Mr Justice Deeney addressed Eamon Ferguson's loved ones, who were sat in the public gallery. The judge praised the family for their composure and resilience throughout the court proceedings, especially in the face of verbal abuse directed at them by Maguire. It was now time for Christopher Power to be sentenced for his role in helping to cover up the crime. Mr Justice Deeney branded Power's actions of helping dispose of blood-soaked clothing and initially lying to the police as an elaborate charade. He said that despite being aware of what had happened to Eamon, Power still helped Maguire and persisted with lies during the initial interrogation. Power was sentenced to five years and four months, However, the time he had already spent in prison following his arrest constituted time served. Outside of court, Eamon Ferguson's loved ones shared their disappointment with the length of the two sentences imposed. They released a statement via a solicitor. Our family has lost a loving son and brother whose young life was taken in such a senseless, brutal and cowardly way. Eamon's murder has had a devastating effect on their family. As a family, they have attended every day of the trial and have listened intently to the evidence over the past six, eight weeks. The statement continued. We still do not know exactly what happened in the early hours of the 15th of March 2014 and probably never will. Nonetheless, we note the convictions and the sentences which have been handed down today and the shallow offers of remorse which are no consolation to our family. Lastly, our family would like to thank all those people who have supported and assisted our family through these extremely difficult times. Following the family's statement, the detective who worked on the case remarked that the conviction showed what can be achieved when the community and the police work together. Detective Chief Inspector Justin Galloway said, I want to pay tribute to the Ferguson family, who have shown great dignity over the past almost three years and during the harrowing evidence at last month's trial. I also want to acknowledge the local community in Ardoyne for the assistance they provided in working with the major investigation team dealing with Eamon's murder. People came forward, whether they were neighbours, friends or associates of Eamon, and helped us. They told us what they knew, helping us build a case and gave evidence.
The detective concluded by telling reporters that Eamon Ferguson deserved to be remembered as someone who was more than just a victim. Lewis Maguire still remains incarcerated, while Christopher Power is a free man. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com.